Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Uncovering untruths. Amen. God bless you. Good morning. Happy Easter. Oh, I love to see the church on Easter morning, don't you? Just doing our best for the Lord. It's such a joy to have you here. Would you turn in your Bibles, if you would, or follow the scripture in front of you? We're looking at the gospel of Mark this morning, Mark's account of the resurrection of the Lord. Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. Hear now the word of the Lord. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you, trembling and bewildered. The women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Lord, we, uh, we like the women, if we get it at all, we are trembling and bewildered to see what you've done. But Lord, come and speak to us. Help us to understand your word. Testify to these events in our heart that we can believe and know that you are the risen Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I know um, as we gather this morning that we are all still reeling from the news that the Broncos are transferring to Salt Lake City, Utah. (laughs) It's a big surprise. And then even, uh, even worse was to hear on the way in that Balanced Rock had fallen over in Garden of the Gods. And uh, that's it's heart-wrenching. But it's April 1st. <laughs> and that means it's Easter. <laughs> and so we have to carry on. Actually, I think the only April Fool's prank I ever really pulled off was uh, when I was a kid and I had a radio alarm clock that woke me up for school and the radio alarm went off and the DJs were all talking about how Balanced Rock had fallen over in Garden of the Gods. So I hopped out of bed and I ran down to the kitchen to tell my mom this. Why? Because I believed it. And so as I rushed in to tell her, Balanced Rock fell in Garden of the Gods, it wasn't until I said it out loud that I remembered that it was April Fool's Day but I was being so convincing. She was so convinced by it that I thought, I think I'll just go with this. And, <laughs> and I convinced her. And I think she believed that Balanced Rock had fallen over. Well, today, April Fool's Day, Easter, we celebrate one of the 
greatest, if we can put it this way, a little irreverent, okay? If we can put it this way, one of the greatest pranks that's ever been pulled. Jesus, Jesus gave himself over to death and then he took himself back again. Jesus allowed himself to be swallowed by death, a force like death, and then he rose from the dead. Jesus spent his life to end death. But can we believe that? Can we believe that? Easter on April Fool's Day is part of, honestly, what inspired this whole series that we've been on in the last seven weeks, studying these untruths, asking, really, really, is that really so? Untruths uncovered, we've called it. We've asked, is God real or did we just make that up? We've asked, is there something to the Bible or is it just like any other book? Is there anything special about this book? We've asked, is there anything special about Jesus? Is he really unique or was he just a guy? And this morning, we ask this central question, the key claim, honestly, the central claim of Christianity. The claim, if it's true, the event on which the entire Christian religion is founded. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Christians believe that Jesus of Nazareth was crucified, dead, and he rose from the dead. Now, you might think it was a a misunderstanding. You might wonder if it was a a hoax, a great prank. You might be thinking in your own mind, what happened so many years ago? I mean, you might think that maybe it was a, a legend that developed over time that Christians just wanted to believe. Listen, I'm telling you this morning, according to every way I know how to ask the question, this happened. Jesus rose from the dead. And that changes everything. And how you personally handle that information, how you think about that that fact, that information, that for you will change your life. You see, for a lot of questions, the facts hang in the balance. For this question, your soul hangs in the balance of the events of Easter Day. The account we read today comes from Mark, but similar accounts are found in the other three Gospels, uh, Matthew and, and Luke and John. There are slight differences in secondary details between these accounts, but the superficial you know, distinctives of the Gospels, they only serve to, to back up the truth because what they tell us is that the witnesses didn't collude to come up with one story. We get each of their point of view, and the testimony is this, Jesus a known figure, Jesus was publicly executed. And after he was verified dead by Roman guards, his body was handed over to Joseph of Arimathea, a a member of the Sanhedrin council, a known and a prominent man in the city of Jerusalem to be laid in a tomb that he had prepared for his family. And the body of Jesus was hurriedly brought down and entombed in there because it was a Friday, it was It was coming on to the Sabbath, and not only the Sabbath night, but the Passover Sabbath. And so for the Jewish people, there no work could be done after the sun had gone down. So Jesus' body was rapidly entombed, hurriedly placed there. And on Sunday morning after the Sabbath had passed, 
a group of women went to the tomb to complete the embalming process that they couldn't complete on Friday. So they had to come on Sunday to do it, to cover the body with perfume and oils, and that's where we pick up. We pick up at verse three, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? How are we going to get to Jesus? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He said, I know what you're looking for. I know who you're seeking. You're looking for Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. We all know him. We all saw him crucified. I know that that's what you're looking for. He's not here. He has risen. He's not here. And then the angel said to them, look and see. Turn and look and see. See the place where they laid him. He says, I want you to look at the place where the body was. We all saw him. We all knew him in his ministry. We all saw him on that cross. We all saw him carried in here and placed here. And now I want you to look and see the place where they laid him. Look on the emptiness. Look on the space. He's not there. The empty tomb bears witness. But maybe, you know, maybe it was all a misunderstanding. Or maybe not. People ever since have been trying to tell a different story or explain this one away. Because, you know, we know how, how death works. Death wins. You know, many of you coming here, sitting here this morning for Easter, would be thinking to yourselves, you know, whatever this is that we're doing here, this isn't seriously about somebody rising from the dead, is it? This isn't seriously about a, a man coming back to life after he was dead. I mean, Easter is, uh, is nice. It's nice to be with family. I have lots of memories. It's nice to do a religious, spiritual thing, you know, every now and then. But this isn't seriously. That man up there doesn't seriously believe, does he? In our day, that a dead body came back to life rose from the the dead? Could this be about that? Because we know how death works. Death wins, and we've all experienced that. My daughter Ellie is 20 now, but uh, when she was a child, she had a, a pet hamster named Nibbles. And Nibbles was a noble creature, let me tell you. A fine specimen of a hamster. But when Nibbles went the way of all hamsters and passed away, that was when we as parents, we, it was our first time that we had to, to talk and think about, well, what do we tell Ellie? What's to be told our, our seven-year-old daughter about Nibbles? Where is Nibbles? What happened to Nibbles? So you can't tell her that Nibbles just fell asleep. See, because then she'd wait for Nibbles to wake up. And if she's putting two and two together, she'll never go to sleep again. And so we had to, to lay Nibbles nobly to rest. Nibbles was buried with honor. A stone marked the site, swallowed by death forever. See, we know how death works. Death always wins. 
And we tell ourselves to accept it. We tell ourselves we want to encourage one another to kind of recognize, oh, death is a natural part of life. If you're going to live, you have to expect death. Death is just part of what it means. You live until the day that you die, and you have to just swallow that. You have to understand that. You have to come to terms with that. We tell each other to just accept it. Death always wins. But it never feels right. It never feels natural. And you know what? Jesus never accepted it. He never accepted death. Just like he never accepted injustice, he never accepted uh, illness or blindness or hunger or lost and darkened spirituality. Jesus saw his friend Lazarus had died and Jesus wept. He said, no. Jesus never accepted death and he never will. Never will Jesus accept suicide bombers, terrorist killings. Never will he accept the shootings in Las Vegas. Never will he accept the killings of innocent children in the high school in Parkland, Florida. Jesus looks upon death and he says no. We say death always wins. Death always wins. It's Jesus who stands up and says, really? If you're, a, if you're a believer this morning, if you believe in the resurrection of Jesus, if, if you know him, there, I'm going to ask you to take a conversation card with you as you leave today. Uh, if I can find mine, I'm going to hold it up for you. But it's going to give you, I can't find it, but it's going to give you a, uh, a question to ask. And I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge, hey, here's one. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Where was that sent from? From there? That was, that was not bad. Thank you. And I'm going to challenge you to ask somebody this question. Did Jesus really come back from the dead? Did Jesus really come back from the dead? Ask someone that question. And why then do so many people believe it? Now, if you're not a believer, if you're wondering about this or you're here with a friend and you're, you're maybe exploring or asking questions, first of all, so glad that you're here to be a part of this this morning. But I want to challenge you too. Don't back out of that conversation. I know it's an awkward conversation. Don't back out. I want to challenge you. You bring your theory. You bring your, your argument. What happened to Jesus? And I'm going to give you a head start, in fact. I'm going to give you a few theories that people have raised up over the years to explain the empty tomb without a miraculous resurrection. But I'm also going to give a little bit of head start to you believers, you know, for you to have something to say to these questions as well. So I'm basically setting you up for the most awkward Easter dinner (laughs) you've ever had. But why not? Why not? This just might really matter. Here are a few theories that skeptics have used to dismiss the empty tomb. First, how about this? Maybe Jesus passed out, but then recovered in the tomb and walked out alive. You know, this happens. It happens sometimes that we think someone's dead, but they're actually actually not dead. They're very close, but they revive after some time, and, and and they walk out alive. Maybe that's what happened. Okay. But let's go over what what happened to Jesus. Jesus was, by all accounts, a a man who was was arrested and and killed by Roman authorities. First, he was beaten, or the term is scourged. He was whipped and he was beaten by the Roman army. 
This was the Governor Pontius Pilate's attempt to assuage a bloodthirsty crowd without, causing, uh, without a full execution. So Jesus was, was beaten and whipped mercilessly, and what this would have done was would have shredded the skin all down the back of his body, causing significant blood loss. By the time he carried his cross piece out of the city, Jesus would have been almost unrecognizable, even to his closest friends. And then he was nailed, uh, wrists and, and feet, in the Bible, hands and wrists, same thing, was nailed wrists and and feet to the cross and hung to die. And we know a bit about this process. This process would have pulled his arms out of joint. It would have caused his diaphragm to collapse so that he could not breathe and he would suffocate in his own breath. And loss of blood and oxygen eventually causes a massive heart attack, which Jesus himself would have felt inside him just before he died, which makes sense because the accounts tell us that Jesus knew he was about to die when he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Heart damage like that, it causes an effusion of fluid in the pericardial sac, and so around the heart, this fluid would have built up. And when a Roman guard came along to pierce his side through the ribs with a spear to see that he was dead, it would have, it would have broken into that fluid, causing a flow like water, looking like water to come forward and then followed by blood, and that's exactly what happened. Jesus was without a doubt dead. Romans knew how to kill people. They knew it. There is no account of, I know I've ever read in all my studies, I've never come across any account of anyone accidentally surviving a Roman execution. They knew how to crucify people. They knew how to bring them to death. But let's say that Jesus did survive. He was the one that that even if he did survive, he would not have been able to get up and walk around when witnesses claimed to have seen him. And anyone who saw him in that state, they would have been absolutely terrified by his appearance. No one who looked on Jesus would have been tempted at all to say, look, Jesus conquered death. He would have looked like death. He would have been frightened. Jesus didn't pass out. He died. Well, listen, maybe, uh, maybe, the, maybe the women went to the wrong tomb. Maybe they got up and went looking and they went to the wrong tomb. They found an empty tomb and they freaked out and thought, where's Jesus? Well, the problem with that is that the tomb was named. It was Joseph of Arimathea's tomb and he was a known figure, a leader in the city of Jerusalem. And so anybody could go and see for themselves. The Jewish Sanhedrin, the Roman guards, the followers of Jesus themselves who went on to die claiming that the tomb was empty. Anyone could have just gone to check. It's Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. Let's go look and make sure that we understand that it's empty. You see, it was a known place. Someone might die for a misunderstanding, but I want to ask you, who dies for something they know is untrue? Who would do that? Historians agree that the fact that there was a group of women first to the tomb only adds to the veracity. You see, at that time, the testimony of women in that culture was considered unreliable. It was inadmissible in trial in a court of law. If you were making all of this up, 
you would have never written in that women were the first to the tomb. Well, at least to the next theory. Maybe it was all a hoax. April Fools, you know. The disciples came and, and took the, the body of Jesus out of the tomb in the middle of the night and went to, to hide it in, a, in another place. Well, if that's true, then I ask you, where did they take it? Where did they leave the body behind? You'd have to believe in that theory that this ragtag bunch of frightened Galileans pulled off the greatest prank, the greatest trick that has ever been pulled off over the Roman authorities or the Jewish leaders of the day. And that then they kept the secret. Even when they were getting persecuted and they were dying for their, their testimony to Jesus, they would have kept the secret all that time and not let anyone know where the bones of Jesus were and everyone would have been looking. Friends, that is very hard to believe. But finally, maybe it was unintentional. Maybe they just were naive and they didn't mean to do it, but they so wanted Jesus to be alive that the legend of his resurrection just overtook Christians. I think this is what the majority of non-believers think happened on Easter to the early Christian church, that they just so loved Jesus, they so wanted him to be alive. It wasn't any sort of meanness or any kind of trick that they were trying to pull. It was simply devotion, uh, plus a, a story, plus, plus time that caused them to believe that he rose from the dead. Friends, the, the problem with that is there is no time. The first written accounts of people claiming that they saw Jesus alive after his death are only 15 years from the public execution of Jesus. That's not time enough to develop a legend or a myth. Anyone who was there would say, I was just, it was only 15 years ago, and that's not how it happened. I was there, I saw it for myself. You see, there just wasn't time to develop a myth around Jesus. These people were ancient, but they weren't fools. Friends, this testimony is too hard to dismiss. I mean, you tell me, tell me a story that makes sense. Tell me something that makes sense of these events other than the resurrection of Jesus. Listen, what if it happened? Did it happen as it says? It all hinges on this. Christianity all hinges on whether or not Jesus rose from the dead. Paul wrote later to a church in Corinth, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. You see, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then this whole thing is false. God did not give his son to die for us, for our sins. Jesus was not any different than any other man in history. His claims about God are foolishness. There is no new covenant in Christ, no new relationship to be had with God, no forgiveness of sins. There is, if there is a God, we know very, very little about him and have no way to please him. Church is an empty exercise. In fact, life, it's itself is ultimately without meaning and we are just living organisms floating along in space on a lucky rock. But what if it happened? What if it happened? Friends, Jesus is not a figment of someone's imagination. Jesus really lived. Jesus really died, 
and Jesus really rose again. The tomb is empty still. And we join this morning with the angel who said, I want you to look right there where the body was laid. It isn't there. He's risen. He's conquered death. And the only thing left is for you and for me to come to terms with what Christ has accomplished. To look upon the empty tomb and its its witness and to come to terms with what Jesus has done for you and for me. How do you come to terms with Jesus? That's my question for you. Every one of you individually this morning, have you come to terms with Jesus? Jesus lived, Jesus died on the cross, Jesus was buried, Jesus rose again. Have you come to the cross? How do you come to terms with what Jesus did on that cross. I know I'm going to heaven. I'm looking forward to it with great anticipation because of what Jesus did on that cross. He died for us, but he was raised by God. I found during the latter years of my life when I've had sicknesses and been in the hospital and so forth, there's a peace that just resides there and stays there that I cannot explain. We all die. I'm not going to escape it. I don't want to escape it. I want to go. The vast majority of my life has already been lived. My record has already been made. I don't have very much longer. I know that. Some of my closest friends and relatives, and especially my wife, are already in heaven. And because of the hope we have in Jesus, we can all be in heaven someday forever. A radical change must take place before you can get into heaven, before you can be accepted by God. You say, well, what do I have to do? You must repent of sin. You repent and you believe. Believe in Christ and you receive him in your heart and say, Lord Jesus, come in and he'll come in. You don't have long. You'll be in eternity. And the decision you make tonight may decide where you'll be. And anybody can believe, a blind man can believe, a deaf man can believe, an old person can believe, a young person can believe. And that word believe means commit. I commit my life totally to Him. Anyone could believe. Faith is possible for you. Are you committed to Jesus? You can have that same peace, that same assurance, that same faith. You can be at peace with God, at one with God, in communion with God the Father. You can be a part of heaven and all that heaven brings. You can be a part of the eternal kingdom of God. Only believe, only believe in Jesus. It's possible for you. It's available for you. Will you commit? Will you believe this morning? in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we look from where we sit, Lord. There's so much in our lives that drags us down, that keeps us low, and we look. And in the tomb we see where they laid him. The tomb is empty. 
all is finished. Everything you did, your life, your death on the cross, your rising again, it's all done, it's all finished, and it is all sufficient to carry me, even me, home. So Lord, we want to come to terms, each of us, in our own hearts. As this music plays, each of us has something to say to you personally. We want to come to terms with you. The empty tomb bears witness. Have mercy on us, Lord, your children, each of us, as we pray. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.